This is the Senior Living Truth Series podcast, where we have candid conversations about complex issues facing today's mature adults. No sales pitch, only the truth. I'm Dr. Nikki Buckaloo. Welcome to the show. So the first rule about technology is what? Turn off your phone, right? And you know, it's not a big deal like if your phone goes off, but when I'm a speaker and my phone goes off, that's a little bit disturbing for me, so... Did everybody know they have a do not disturb feature on their smartphone? Yeah, and then the little uh, button on the side of an iPhone that turns the sound off. And then you add the complication where if you have a watch that buzzes or dings, right? So you got all all these gadgets and doodads. So, good morning. (sighs) How's everybody? Yeah, welcome back. I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited to be back, yeah? Yeah. And I appreciate y'all masking up uh, to come in. I appreciate the, the, uh, the response when Naomi called and people said, yeah, we want to come back. And so we decided to do it live again. And just to give y'all a little information. So the Senior Elementary Series has you know, evolved over time. At one point in time, we had as many as 200 people in the room, right? And then with COVID, um, we've had you know, anywhere from 20 to 40. Um, but guess what? With technology, we have the ability to reach people who are at home watching today or somewhere else watching today. And Chris, about how many people do we have on, uh, on virtual today? You know, 35 or 40 uh, extra people today. So just imagine those are the people sitting next to you and they're the invisible people in the chairs next to you. How's that? Yeah. So everybody just turn to your invisible neighbor and say, we're so glad you joined us today. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, now and turn, turn back to them and tell them, tell that invisible neighbor that they're going to learn something today. They're going to learn something today. You guys have got to humor me. You got to talk to these empty chairs because that's those people at home today who are missing being here because they, they really feel like they want to be here, but they know that for whatever reason they need to be safe. So is that a good thing that they're tuning in? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to need you guys to help me with the energy in the room today. You know why? Because technology is not my wheelhouse. And yet, I'm going to get to talk about it today. How fun is that? So what Chris is doing, which is new, so if you happen to go home and want to Zoom uh, at some point in the future, if you've done it in the past, what you'll notice is that uh, the camera is on us, and so we'll be talking, and it's difficult to see the slides, right, because of the distance between the camera and the slide. So Chris has a new gadget back there that he's been playing with, that if you're at home watching and you're watching via Zoom, he can actually, when we're talking about the slide, put the slide up for them so they can see the slide and then we're little in the corner like a Zoom call. But you guys get the benefit of both here. They actually can see the slides now at home. Isn't that a good thing? Yeah. You know how he learned how to do that? YouTube. All right, we're going to talk a lot about YouTube today. All right. So uh, just to kind of open us up for the conversation, um, and Chris, I don't have a clicker up here today. Let me just use my, my desktop. Okay. So uh, by way of conversation, I want to first of all start out by appreciating the sponsors. Um, you guys know that everyone is juggling and shifting and adapting, and some people are calling it pivoting, right? And I know they have been like crazy, and I I really want to give a shout out to them because um, they've all gone the extra mile to take care of 
whether it's their client or their resident at their community or the, the community at large, they've really done some pretty amazing things. And many of them are doing education online. So if you're not familiar with what they have going on, um, go to the tables and they have handouts about those things. I know Spanish Cove has a ton of stuff going on because we're going to be participating in that. I know Concordia is offering something that we're also participating in. Villages OKC, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. Um, and Shannon, uh, who am I missing? Is there, is there anybody back there I'm missing that's doing some education? Caitlin, do you guys have anything coming up soon? Okay, gotcha. So point being, I know they've all got stuff going on, so let's make sure you plug in wherever it makes sense for you. Um, so can we give them a round of applause? I appreciate them. For doing this. All right, so being in real estate and move management, and that's kind of what we do, right, our team, what we've noticed over the last couple of decades is that uh, our clients that we are helping with moves, most of the time are downsizing, moving from one house to another or into a senior community uh, or, you know, an apartment, whatever the case may be. And we never, Chris and I were like, we don't remember moving computers like in the early 2000s when we first started doing this. Like we really didn't move a lot of computers. But as of late, let me just show you a picture. I don't know if you can see that with the, the screen there. So these are, there's two pictures, one on the left is her office, one on the right is his office, and that is an assisted living apartment at Spanish Cove. Let me say it again, assisted living. So it's, it's a smaller apartment, it's not, you know, I mean, it's not tiny, they're a nice size, but it's one living room with two offices in it. These folks are 92 years old, respectively, and have been living in the same apartment for 20 years. They each had their own offices uh, in independent living at Spanish Cove, and they consolidated into an assisted living apartment just recently, this summer, during actually during the pandemic. We had to move them in one day because of the restrictions that, that all the communities have uh, for safety purposes, right? So everything about that move hinged on their offices. Now, ladies, some of you guys are all worried about China and pictures and grandma's quilts and things like that. Jean was worried about her computer, her printer, her modem, her fax machine, her phone, and the 42 staplers that we took over to her new apartment. I, give or take. She had a lot of them because mobility was a challenge, so she had them strategically placed. So I'm, I'm making fun, but there was a reason for that. It was practical, right? When you need something, you want it nearby, right? So anyway, uh, the lads are uh, just celebrated their 70th wedding anniversary this summer. And um, that's Lori on the left and Sean on the right who helped them move. And I, I show you that picture because they are very, very, very proficient at using computers and technology and fax machines and scanning and you name it. Matter of fact, between the two of them, they have published 22 books, mostly genealogy related stuff, and she's working on her next one. 
And so there is no, I, I just, my, my reason for telling you that is there should be nobody in this room saying I'm too old. None of us get to use that excuse, fair enough? Okay, there's plenty of people out there at all ages using technology. And so there's no excuses really uh, at this point. So I wanna take a quick survey uh, of the room just to find out who here might have certain things so we kind of know what we're speaking about. So first of all, who in the room uses a smartphone of some sort? Raise your hand.
the more our brain stays sharp. So that's the good news, right? The third truth is learning to love technology. Oh, i sorry, I just covered that. So let me go back. Okay, so there's the third truth. That's the good news. Second truth was the bad news. The third truth is the good news. And then truth number four, technology can be used to stay connected even during a pandemic. How many of you have FaceTimed with somebody in your life since the pandemic started? Okay, great. Or whatever what you know medium you've used. I call it FaceTime just because I'm an Apple user. Some people may be using something different. Um, how many of you have been doing a Zoom-like call with people for training or doctor's appointment? How many of you have done a telemed telemedicine call? Yeah, I'm a big fan of those, by the way. If I don't have to go to the doctor, it's a good day for me, right? If I can just see them on my phone or on my screen. Now, there are times we have to go in, of course. But if we can get away with doing it from our living room, that's a pretty good thing, right? Um, so the thing about the, the pandemic that has really heightened our awareness about connectivity, about connectivity is this. Just because people are online doesn't necessarily mean they're not lonely. And I want to be really clear, the research, and, th and this is the, the dichotomy between what you're being told and what the truth is. And this is where, I'm, you know me, I want to talk about the truth. Technology is meant to supplement your relationships, right? Not take the place of them. And so I think what happens, and this happens in my life, and that is that I think sometimes that doing a FaceTime call is enough. But it wasn't until my grandkids moved to Austin and my daughter had the newest baby who will be a couple months old this month.
I asked Kathleen to come up uh, and, and sit with me because in the course of doing some online video calls with uh, Spanish Cove and with Jill's marketing department, uh, Kathleen was the one who set it all up, uh, got the cameras in place, got all the technology in place. And I thought at that point, I thought she was really cool and good at her job. Now that she thinks I'm cool. <laughs> then I found out uh, through some cool birdies that told me that uh, she actually helps a lot of the residents order their technology. If they don't know what to order or if they need help ordering it, she helps them figure that out. Set it up. Set it up. And so, Kathleen, you told me about how many people you think you've helped since the pandemic order some sort of? Well, between ordering and um, just helping them with actually electronics that they had in their apartment that they weren't normally using because it's there, they had it, but didn't know how to use it. Right. I would say close to 30 people at least since the pandemic. Helping order, set up, or helping them to learn their technology that they already have. Yeah, and what about what age range would you say that these folks oh, are? Sixty-five to hundred. Yeah. Yeah. I have one that's nearly a hundred, and she's working an iPad right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and so it's doable. Very doable. Age is not an excuse. It is not an excuse. Okay. All right, good. So, and I'm sharing this with you partially, not necessarily for this room, because you're already using technology by the show of hands. But how many people in your life do you know, whether it's a sister, a brother, an aunt, an uncle, a friend who has said, I'm too old to learn that, right? But Chris's parents, uh, for years, were, sorry, Jen, I hate to throw you under the bus, but, you know, said that they didn't, they didn't want to use an iPhone because they didn't want to learn something new. And now they use iPhones just fine. And Wanda has upgraded a couple different times and Jim has to do it. There's a learning curve. Right? There's always a learning curve. Yeah, for all of us. Yeah, for me. I well, can't you call me a crazy. guru, but really I'm a YouTube guru. <laughs> I learn everything through YouTube, even yeah. how to cut my hair once. Really? Yes, oh, yes. YouTube hairstylist. Yes. <laughs> all right. Okay, so I've got a few questions for, for Kathleen, and then we're going to just have some conversation. Chris, how's my mic? Because it kind of feels funky with my glasses on. Okay, all right. So first question, ready? Yes. Have you noticed that more people are using like FaceTime or other web-based uh, devices to do FaceTime? Oh. I mean, to do, what am I asking? Well, you're Video just wanting to know how many actually yeah. communicate or connect yeah. with their families. Yes, with, that's what I'm asking. Yes, yeah. there are lots of people who are FaceTiming. I mean, I even get some of my residents FaceTime me <laughs> because, um, you know, to, to start this out before the pandemic, I'm a very like one-on-one -on -one person. I have to see everybody. I'm doing the tours. Very I'm very social. I'm around everybody. And at the start of the pandemic, it was almost kind of depressing for myself not to see them, not to be around them. I mean, I could see them with the masks, but when we could FaceTime and get on Zoom and take those masks off, I could see the smiles. I could see the people that I travel with. So yes, it's very, um, it's very common in our community that people are FaceTiming for sure. Okay, and so when I when I think about uh, the Zoom meetings, I'm going to use you guys as an example because you're big Zoomers. Yeah, you, there's a lot of meetings, and I know all the communities have different classes and different things. And what I noticed was that you all it, it didn't really miss a beat where there was a, a transition from live to Zoom. And the question I remember hearing was, will people actually show up for the town hall meetings? Those kind of meetings on Zoom and about how many people do you all average on those meetings? Well, we started out doing just our Spanish Cove board meetings and the residence meeting 
And the town hall council um, president was a little on the, you know, he didn't really want to like step. He said, I think I'll just wait until we can meet in person. Well, then he realized that the residence meeting that had 60 to 100 people on the call at one time, he realized maybe I need to pull that in. And so he stepped out of his comfort zone and he's been running town hall ever since. And the other day we had a town hall meeting. We were going to meet inside the plaza because we opened up a little bit. And he said, well, I think um, the council members are going to stay out so that we get more room for people. And we're going to zoom it in and can you stick it on the screen and then we'll ask questions from there. So even as we're opening up, they're still utilizing the Zoom for those who maybe have weakened immune systems or who are not comfortable yet getting into um, a, a space, even with the social distancing and the practices put in place to keep them safe. Uh, we can actually see uh, see things a whole lot better than we used to be able to, right? Yes, and I want to. I can have to disagree um, with you, Nikki, on one thing. I know okay. she said, ladies, that we shouldn't put our makeup on, but I agree that um, I think one of the things with the pandemic was is that we were laying around too much in our pajamas, and we weren't doing our makeup. This gives you the opportunity to remember: get up, get dressed, you know, get put your makeup on, and get out there. I think it's important and, um, during our Zoom calls, um, uh, you'll see in my picture here, there's a, a, a white light above my head. If you see that over to the left of my computer screen, that's what they call a ring light. And when I did my um, tech classes, I, I was showing people at this one tech class, like somebody was kind of sitting in the dark. And I don't know if y'all are familiar, but like when, if you have FaceTimed your grandchildren, this is what you see. And a lot of people were actually, and they were so excited when I told them how to change their background to get them a light. I showed them the ring light. I actually got a ring light in the mail. We really realized it was somebody buying one. And it was so cool to see people thinking, you know what, if I push it towards the window, it's going to look better. Um, if I, you know, mute my TV in the background, they're learning how to mute the button, holding the tab button. They're just really stepping up to the plate to learn a new device. And um, maybe I've helped them with that, but. So I thought that was called a halo. Oh, it's a ring light. Ring light. It's awesome. a ring All right, light. I learned a new term. Now. They're really cheap and fun. <laughs> my halo. My halo, yeah. I like to call it my halo too. So the, uh, the, the picture that you see there, I asked her to do that for me because that's kind of the way I see her is like, okay, I'm juggling 42 different things at one time. <laughs> and she may or may not really be doing that. I, I, I'm hoping that you aren't trying to do that at one time, but <laughs> I try not to. Okay. My brain goes mile, miles per minute, you know, 100 miles per minute. So what are some of the main things when you have someone new to technology or newer uh, that what are some of the main things you find yourself having to troubleshoot for people? I think the main troubleshooting thing that I really have is the touch sensitivity of like a, a device. Uh, one of my residents, um, she's in her late 80s and she had a flip phone and she said, I don't need to be a part of any of that. I'll wait for it to open back up. I'm fine. I don't need it. Well, she was missing out on the residence meeting and she saw more and more people getting on board and she said, get, you need to go get me one of my iPads because I got to get part of this because she couldn't. So she wanted that flip phone. I had told her when she bought the flip phone, I wish she would not have because then you're pushing three numbers to get a letter. And when she got it, one of the troubles we had was she has very long fingernails. And so she was trying to push that screen and it didn't work. So I gave her just the advice to get the right tools to help her. And that's a stylist. It's a pin with a little rubber ball on the end. 
and she had more control over it and it gave her more confidence. So it's not necessarily the technology itself that um, people struggle with, but it's the, the fingerprints that are missing or the long fingernails or not being able to hit just that button and hitting two and having the device do something else and then it scares them. I call that fat fingers. I've got Me fat too. fingers. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? Other tech, so like Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and all of those things that, you know, are to, to get connected. Uh, are people having trouble with that? And if so, how are we troubleshooting that? Um, I don't think, um, when I mentioned the Wi-Fi and I let them know that the iPad runs on that and they have to have it in their apartment and then they, they're pretty much okay with, you know, getting it. They have the, at our community, they have someone setting it up, but if you're not a community, you would get like your local um, uh, carrier to come in and set you up. So it kind of, um, the cost sometimes, you know, can be a factor, but I don't think that's it. I think it's mo mainly that they're scared of, well, what is Wi-Fi or what is, what is a tab on there? You know, why do I have so many pages or, and I tried to explain it to them, like looking at a filing cabinet, you know, you need the Wi-Fi, that's the electrical cords in your office, or you need the different things to help you run that piece of device. And so I think that for the most part, we really haven't struggled with the Wi-Fi aspect of it. And is that mainly, I think the, the carriers, the people who are carrying internet service are better at telling people and yes. setting them up and training. In the early years, it was harder to do because there was, nobody knew what they were doing. Yes. Now they actually do. I believe it's really not the Wi-Fi that troubles people. It's the amount of data that you're using on your device and how does that work? It's like, how much gas do I have to let my car run? So you can have so much gas and then you got to fill it back up again. It's the same thing with your data. Um, a lot of carriers these days have unlimited and so you never even really realize it. Yeah, in my house, it was, Chris was like, okay, he's trying to figure stuff out, and it became where, you know how we talk about, you guys always were talking about downsizing and decluttering, uh, and how people hoard things in their home. I like pictures and videos, and so Chris had to go to unlimited data for me because I, my phone would fill up, or my computer would fill up, and I'd get the error message that says, oops, sorry, no more, you're full, and I'm like, oh, that is unacceptable. <laughs> we're right. gonna have to have more space. So, Got to find that cloud. <laughs> my bigger houses, I just buy more space on my computers. Yeah, yes. Mine is videos, so I make a lot of videos, and they take a lot of space. So not everybody has somebody like you on staff to come and help them. So for the folks uh, here that live at home and the people listening uh, that live out and about, what kind of tech support should we? Let's talk about that because I actually have a slide for that. Okay. So we got tech support. Do you like Best Buy Geek Squad? Talk to um, me about that. I'm just, I don't know if any of you use Best Buy at all, but um, they have this amazing, it's a membership and it costs, but it's the Geek Squad and you can buy a year long membership. And you can actually just call them up. Right now you can schedule an appointment to bring your computer in. I had a computer issue and I had not been feeling well. And one of the, one of the guys from Best Buy actually came out to my car, I popped the trunk, he carried it in, he did it all for me, and I never even had to step foot in the store. I mean, that's the service that they give you. I, I mean, this is a paid, I'm, I'm not trying to like push you to go buy something, you should research it and look for yourself, but I can tell you that at Spanish Co, um, they, since we have several apartments and we utilize them, they have the service to go out and say we're with Spanish Cove, and they will actually utilize that geek squad and anybody can do that 
it's I do it in my own personal home because of the fact that I can call them up and get all the help that I need to fix something that I couldn't learn on YouTube. I see their little bands driving around. They have Everywhere, little, yes. little logo that says Geek Squad on it. Yes. And so that's what they're doing is they're out there going to people's houses. And, mm -hmm. and they, before the pandemic, they would come out once a month and their Geek Squad would actually volunteer time before they went into work and come out and sit in our lobby and teach people uh, and help them with the technology issues that they had. So I love, love, love Best Buy for sure. Now and, YouTube is your fave, right? Yeah, I have my own YouTube channel. Um, Spanish Co. has their own YouTube channel. And when we first hit into the pandemic, we were quick to get straight on YouTube. We put our exercise classes up there. We put our webinars up there that we're doing. We put some of our Zoom up on there. I put a FaceTime um, video I made to teach people how to use FaceTime when the pandemic started. But YouTube, not just our channel, but every time that I have an issue with something, the first thing I usually do is Google it in the YouTube search engine. And I've taught this to my residents. So when I'm, when I'm not there or I'm not at the community or they can't reach me, I've taught them how to get to YouTube, Google in what you want, and then go down the different videos. Okay, so let me do some clarifying here. Sure. Because we use that word Google, mm -hmm. and Google is actually Google search engine. Yes. So you're, I think I'm listening. I'm hearing, okay, so you go to YouTube.com. And YouTube has its own search, search. engine. Yeah. It's so not a Google search Sorry, engine. not Google. You so. Google YouTube to get to YouTube. <laughs> uh, YouTube is actually just everyday ordinary and stars. It can be anybody have their own television kind of channel and they make their videos, they upload them, they're screened by YouTube, there's certain ratings that are on there. But if you go into their search engine, you will find other people who are knowledgeable in almost anything. So what if I, so if I didn't know how to do a FaceTime call, but I wanted to, and I went to YouTube, what would I type into that search bar? How to FaceTime. Simple as that. How many videos do you think I would get? Oh, you would get, you would get rows and rows of different videos where you could go through each one. If one didn't really give you what you wanted, there may be one where they just show a screenshot and they're not speaking. I close those out and go to the next one. There are tons of educational videos on there that you can visually put an eye on, pause it, and then go to your device and try to fix it or learn how to do it. What if you only have one device? Like what if you're working off of an iPad and you're trying to learn how to FaceTime mm -hmm. and so you don't have to, so you're on YouTube and it's telling you what to do. Um, at that, you have to just go from one app to the other, right? Well, you can actually take in your iPad and turn it into two separate screens. You can do that on your um, computer as well. You downsize it so your file, I call it like a file folder, is on one side and then you do another one on the other side and then you can mirror each other and watch. If your screen's not very big, it may be a little bit harder, but you can still get a split screen on your iPad. So you would go to YouTube and say, how do I get a split screen? Yes. And it would tell you how, how to get, get a split, split screen. screen. And you would then write down the instructions you what can. I do because mm -hmm. I, I have to, I, I would forget from the time I went from one thing to Almost the definitely. So I write down where it tells me to go mm -hmm. and then, yeah. So in YouTube, uh, is there a, uh, is for, there's no fee for YouTube? No, YouTube is free. Now you can buy one, it's a commercial free one, 
Um, the videos that are more popular will have an ad before it and you have to sit for a certain amount of time. And then at the bottom it says skip ad. You just skip the ad and go straight to the video. You can purchase a YouTube subscription and um, avoid those, but I just think skipping an ad is easier than paying for something. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So let's talk about Apple. So we're talking about support and then we'll talk a little bit more about education. But so if someone has an Apple product, uh, how do you feel about Apple support? Now, I have some friends who will debate me on Androids, but there is nothing better than Apple in my eyes, only because of you get the support right here. Let me give you an example. I had a Mac computer and I had an issue. I tried to download something and it didn't work and I couldn't get my computer to come back on. So I called 1-800-MY-APPLE. They talked me through the entire process, everything that I needed to know because there's shortcuts and different things that you can do like holding down the shift key or command and R. And so the Apple support being, she calls me a guru, but I'm not really a guru. I'm just a self-talk guru. You're very resourceful. We're very resourceful, thank you. And so we will never know everything there is to our technology. It's smarter than the average Joe. So when you have somebody who has studied it and trained, then they can help walk you through it. And if you call the 1-800-MY-APPLE-SUPPORT, they have the ability you know, to actually come on your device for you. But most of all, if you don't want them to, and to feel safe, you could, they'll just walk you through it. It's, it's so um, easy to do. So I'll tell you how easy I think it is. So Chris, when I switched from a PC to a Mac <laughs> early on, yes. and he, we were PC users, we had them in our businesses, and I wanted a new computer, and I said, I'm going to get an Apple. And he's like, oh, Mickey. He said, I won't be able to help you. If you do, if you want, it's fine. You do what you want to, but I can't provide you with tech support. Well, you guys know, if you've been coming long enough, you know how this relationship works, right? So he's like, you're on your own. I said, okay. So I did it. Was it a phone or a computer? You started with the phone. Yeah, I had the phone, so that's why I decided. So I got the computer. And I did have an, an issue, and I needed some help. And I thought, oh, Lord, right. I'm not asking him. Not doing it. So I had, we had bought Apple Care, and so I called the Apple Care number. Mine too, yes. And Apple Care. Apple Care. It's worth whatever money they charge you. It's yes. worth it. And I basically called them and sat on the phone with them as they walked me through. And I have to tell you, when Chris came back to the office, <laughs> had a problem with my computer. He said, I told you, don't talk to me about that. <laughs> I said, well, good news. It's solved. And I didn't have to call you. I handled it. I've got people now. It gives you confidence. It does. It yeah. really gives you confidence. Yeah. Now, it is now that he also uses Apple products. It's easier to just ask him. So I don't call Apple anymore. Chris, so. But it's a good point to make because you know, not everybody's going to have a Chris in the room to help you with that. And Apple never makes you feel like, oh gosh, I cannot believe they don't even know what that is. Oh, they make you feel they so you smart. Feel, yeah, they say, they act like it's no big deal, like you're a guru yourself and they're just talking to you. It's that um, confidence. But that they break it down and make it very simple. Exactly. Like, I don't ever feel like I'm, they're talking over my head. Mm -hmm. Me either. I, I enjoy it. It's, it's a great service offered by Apple, which Android, that's what you're going to have your troubles with. I'm not an Apple's, you know, trying to switch you, but I'm just saying the support system there is so much um, user friendly. It really helps you. So here's where you're going to run into challenges. How many, is there anybody in the room that uses an Android or something other than a, an Apple? 
Yeah, okay. So here's what happened in, in, in what I've talked to people who've said, I'm trying to decide I'm gonna get a smartphone or I'm gonna try to switch phones. And my kids want me to get an Android. That's what they'll usually say. Or an Apple, whichever one of the kids. But if it's an Android, my question is why do they have an Android? Because I have some friends and I have a son-in-law who are in the tech industry. And Androids have, there's a reason that people like them. And they're, they have lots and lots more functionality when it comes to the technology behind how the phone works and all that. So for people who are doing lots of programming and they're doing stuff like that, they, they don't want Apple because Apple is meant for people like us, like normal people. And so I just say, I, I would say get the phone that you're going to get the most support by the people you need it. So if you have kids that use Android and there's your support system, then you may want to get an Android. Yes. Otherwise, get the phone that has support available and it's easiest to use. That's kind of my, my thing. And I think that the best way to determine that I'm going to go back to Best Buy is to go out and put the hand, put the product in your hand and let them explain to you what's the differences between the two, because that's where you're going to be able to make a wise decision on what is the best software for yourself. Well, you know how I knew which phone to buy next when they did the new, when they came out with the new iPhone, Chris and I were standing there with the two phones and he's shaking his head. I don't know if I'm not telling the story right or he's just embarrassed, but uh, so he's shaking his head and, and he basically said, which phone do you want? And the, the service guy said, well, this one has the better camera. And I said, well, now you know which one I want. The better camera. Yeah. The one with the better camera. It had nothing to do with the phone. It had to do with the camera. So it's all about what is important to you, right? Exactly. So what you use the most. Let's talk about the genius bar at, at the Apple store. How many of you have used that? No? Okay, so the Apple Store Genius Bar. Um, I did, I, I wanted to look that up because right now the Apple Store is down because of the pandemic. So just keep that in mind, but it will eventually open up one day. So, um, and you're talking about the Genius Bar? Yeah, you can make an appointment and yeah. go in. They have classes that you can learn how to use apps. Yeah. So I bought a um, new app called Procreate for myself. This is just an example. And they actually have classes that you can go in there and learn from a person and they will teach you how to use that specific app. So I love that kind of support. And they're, most of the classes are free. They're free they? classes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you just have to, you have to register. You have, you have to, to register, get yeah. your name on the list, and there's certain time frames like a classroom. Yeah. But I have to admit that I think probably YouTube is like well, and I, you and I were talking about that. I, I think that different people learn in different, different ways. Different ways. So I you have need to somebody. have a classroom. Yeah, I, I love sitting in a classroom where if, if I'm struggling, I can ask the teacher for help. That's yes. always been that way since I was little. And so now that's what I like. Now, yes. YouTube is fine for Chris. He's been on YouTube for the last two weeks figuring out how to do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's great for him. But it depends on your learning style. So you need to know that there are lots of different options out there. Um, so you've also got um, this education process uh, through learnfree.org. And mm -hmm. you know, you GFC Global. So before it's Goodwill. Did you know that? Yeah. It's Goodwill. So um, you really want to write this one down. It's gfcgloballearnforfree.org. They have technology, computers, um, like Microsoft Word, PowerPoint, Excel, your iPhones, your iPads, and they go down bit by bit and show you. And so you can actually read it has pictures in there and you can take almost any class you want on GFC. And in fact, before the pandemic started and I started my tech classes at Spanish Cove, I actually made a PowerPoint from the GFC Learn for Free. The only reason why I made a PowerPoint out of it is so I can make my 
my font larger and they could see it on the screen better because even I mirrored it, they couldn't see it as well. But this was my go-to for creating every class that I needed. They teach you about your keyboard, about shortcuts, how to find the emojis, how to, um, how to plug your and, and charge your devices, you know, teaches you how to hit the home screen twice to get rid of those back things that cause your battery to go low. There are so many classes on the GFC Learn for Free that as soon as I'm wanting to try to teach something at the code, the first place I really go is GFC Learn for Free because it's so um, user-friendly and easy to understand. And so I know that if I can find something on there, my residents are going to really love it. I, I have several PowerPoints made out of just from GFC. I did a little research after you told me about that. I got curious. And so I thought, well, there's probably other stuff out there too like that, right? So I did a Google search and I, I searched for best, uh, best internet training or best technology training for seniors, right? And I just added the for seniors on there to see what would come up. And I got an article in a, some magazine and it was the top 10 training sites for web for technology. So I looked at each one of them. That was one of them. That one was actually like number 10 on the list and they actually did more than 10, but the top 10, that was number 10. And I thought, interesting, because it wasn't on there and I hit it. I checked every one of those sites and the frustration that I had was that the other sites, almost every single one of them had pop-up ads. Yes, they were and trying GSC to, does not. They don't. And so, nothing pops up on there. I was so pleased. And so out of the 10, and I hit that one, and I, I will tell you that you're right on. Out of all of them, don't even waste your time on the other ones that they're talking about because one of two things, they were old and outdated and they haven't updated them, or um, they were ad pop-ups, or they were like maybe five things on there and that was it. And I thought, okay, you've definitely hit on something here. Yeah, because they even have Zoom in there now. So now they're even, they have articles or training classes that teach you how to use Zoom. And it's all free. It's all free. Um, we, one we did not put up here is if you call your local library, um, I'm not for sure if you're aware, but there's actually universities inside your library. So if you are a member of the Northwest Library out here, you can actually go to their university and almost get the same classes, but in video form. So if you um, have a library um, card, just go to your local library, call them up and say, hey, do you have a university or a learning program where I can go on and learn about technology? And most of them have that. I mean, I even learned how to do Excel, my QuickBooks, and different things like that. Well, and, if, and when the pandemic ends or we have access again to those libraries, um, they have the public monitors in there. A lot of times you can go in and do your tutorials on those as well. If you yes. Want to be in a social space. Um, we didn't talk about the Computer Club of OKC. Uh, Maryland at the Villages OKC had been talking about that and, uh, and said, you know, they really have done a lot here locally. They're an Oklahoma City Club. And on their website, they also have a lot of trainings and they do classes. And again, now with everything going on, some of them are Zoom, they're starting to get back to doing some live classes, but that's definitely worth checking into as well. And I'm gonna say this too, uh, and I see your hand back there, is, uh, is if you are somebody who likes technology and has got a good handle on it, that's a great place to volunteer and go be a part of that group and help other people learn as well. Did you have another resource you wanna share? 
on the laptop or iPad for the library so that if you can't get there, you can access that information. Okay. Perfect. Thank you so much. So, so maybe for me, those of you who can hear back home, uh, the one of our audience members mentioned you can get an app on your device for the library, and you're probably talking about the Metro Library System, right? Metropolitan Library System, and I'm sure others probably have it as well. Uh, that's probably the biggest one in our area. Pioneer uh, also has a library system, as as some other areas. So, perfect. Okay, so technology support, technology education. I, let me just close that piece up, Kathleen, by saying that um, I think sometimes the best thing to do is ask your grandkids. I would have to agree. And you know what, I'm gonna tell you that I was on a call the other day with my eight-year-old granddaughter who's in Austin now, and we were doing a, a FaceTime call. She spends more time playing with the emojis and the features and the effects on the phone and I just sit there and watch it happen on the screen. Like, I mean, I'll go, oh my gosh, you're a dinosaur. Oh, that's very cool. And then she'll have Maverick, who's three, come over and he'll turn into something. And, you know, and we actually, I, it used to bother me. Like, it used to bug me. I'm like, I want to have a conversation with you. And then I'm like, well, Nikki, you know, she's eight and he's three. So how much of a conversation can you really have? But what I realized is they are having so much fun. It's like we're actually in the room together playing. Well, I, on the technology, I hate to admit this, but like after I had the one tech class that I was telling you about, where teaching people how to, you know, set up for their Zoom calls and what to look. The next meeting I had, I had people that had screens behind them. They were had background. It was like so much fun. So from the time that we ended the call till we had another call during that time when a lot of people were maybe just not doing anything. They were intrigued trying to figure out how can I get that background on there? I want to go to England <laughs> or, you know, I got on and they were all facing the mirror and they had their makeup on. It was, it gave a purpose. It really gave them an opportunity to learn and to keep the brain going. Yeah, I'm stuck at home. Yes. It gives you something interesting because you never know what you could put behind you. We're well, making it fun. fun. You know, just like with your grandkids, yeah. it can be so much fun if you learn how to use it the right way and not be afraid of it. So the fear part, I want to talk about that, and we're going to talk about a few of these services here. The fear part is what holds people back, don't you think? I would most definitely. I think that the technology itself scares people, but really once you get in it and you see that it's so much simpler than the dial rotary phone that you had to hit, and you know, do you remember those? But there are so many, just like um, we can, you guys can probably read a really good map and, and then our kids don't even know what a map is right. or what an other phone or is, rotary phone. Yeah. but they go to you. So same for you to go to them, to have them teach you. You can teach them about how to read a map, but they can also teach you how to do the technology as well. It actually is, it's an interesting dynamic and I didn't intend to really go down that path today. I'll share a brief piece of it with you. And that is that we've all been kind of struggling uh, from my generation on uh, my parents and, and Chris's parents how to connect with our kids and grandkids um, in in a way that's meaningful to them because they don't they don't communicate the same way we do. It's not and the same. If you really want to connect with your kids and grandkids that are in that generation, that's the technology generation. This is the way to do it. And I will tell you that they will come, and the majority of them. I'm not going to say all, but the majority of them will come and sit down with you and show you how to use things. And then guess what? They feel very proud. I would agree that with they that, yes. To do that. It gives them a sense that a they purpose. were able to contribute to you and something that you have going on. So I think that, that 
I think we don't want to bother people sometimes. I think we think that our kids aren't going to help us, but uh, Caleb gets more pride in showing me how to use a technology. Yes. Uh, and it actually said to me one day, he said, finally, I found something that I'm smarter than you at. <laughs> exactly. And they really are smart at it. I mean, the kids are smart about they are smart, yeah. Mm -hmm. They're well. They're they use it. All they're the time. raised with it, yeah. and um, it it doesn't. I mean, just they're automatically have that in their system. I mean, they're using them in the schools, but it just goes to show you that if a child can do it, we definitely can do it. You know, we've lost our our sense of adventure as we get older, right? We forget that it's okay to play. And uh, it mattered if our grandson, he was 18 months old, and I had my phone in front of me, and we were looking at pictures, and he was swiping. At 18 months old, he was swiping. swiping. Yeah. And I got a text message. And you know how the little notification will come up at the top of the screen if you have it set up that way? He and flicked it out of the way. At 18 months old, he flicked it out of the way. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, oh my Lord, I'm in trouble. Okay, let's talk about a few of these. Location sharing. sharing. Okay, so location sharing. Uh, a few just helpful things if you're not using these already. On a, a smartphone, you can set up to where you can share your location with people. And why would you want to do that? If you should get sick somewhere. If you get lost, lost. If you leave your phone. Uh, if, you know, like when I go for walks, I'll tell Chris, you know, I'm going for a walk. And he knows that he, he can locate me should he need to. Um, it's also a great way to spy on your spouse if you really want to know where they are. I'm just joking. But you can turn the feature on and off That's if you don't like that. If it bothers you and it upsets you or you don't want people knowing what's going on, you have the ability to turn it off. That's right. And you can do it temporarily. You can share it temporarily. Yes. Just like just for like if you're going to go on a trip or something. Yeah. The bottom line is everything is able to be turned off. You, even though you have a device, you are in control of the device. You are the one controlling. You know, I want to bring up, uh, it's not up there, Kathleen, but you brought it up a few minutes ago where when you call support, they can actually get onto your device and help you from your device. Yes, Apple. That can be a little scary sometimes the first time. So a couple of caveats with that. So if you call Apple or you call and Geek Squad says, let me, let me log into your device and I'll just do it, whatever that is. They can actually get into your device and control it from their side of it. Now, there's a difference between that and somebody calling you or texting you exactly. and, and you responding to that and them saying, hey, let me do this for you by downloading this app and do these passwords. So you can get scammed really easily by giving someone control of your device that shouldn't have control of your device. Now, when I call Apple, I'm not worried about it. I know I've called Apple, I know I've asked for help, I know they're gonna help me. But if I get a text message on my phone that is questionable, then the first thing I do is send it to my support guy and he says whether it's good or bad or spam or whatever. But that's what I'm saying, ask somebody before you give anybody control of your device unless you call them and you know they're a reputable source. And I think that sometimes, um, I think the first and foremost thing is to be knowledgeable in the security of your device because it is so wide range that people can get into it. Have a password. Don't let that scare you. So, uh, but what you need to do is before you make a call, you call somebody and confirm that the number is right. You want to make sure it's 1-800-APPLE, MyApple, or Best Buy, and make sure, like sometimes if you download an app, there could be a number that pops up. 
don't ever just call something that just pops up. You always want to confirm a number before you even call. Let's say you accidentally do something. It's fixable. Shut your computer off, unplug it, shut it down. So I've had it happen to me where my phone off, my, my, my computer all of a sudden had these alarms. Someone's in your system, call this number. Someone's in your system. I shut it down immediately because they, it does not happen with Microsoft. Those people don't call you. Those people don't say you've got somebody in your system, call me. So it's just a matter of knowing, just like when you protect your home, you can't guarantee when you leave that someone's not going to be able to get in your home. You put, the, you put the security systems and the door locks on to ensure the safety of your home. Same with inside your device. You make sure you use the right systems that protect your device and yourself. And if you're not sure what that should be, that's where Geek Squad, Geek Squad is in, or that's where Apple My is. Apple support. Um, so let's talk about the emergency SOS. I, I did ask this. How many of you have an Apple Watch now that those are out? Yes, Chris, I know you have one. All right, a few of our sponsors. So I, I got one recently and it has an interesting feature on it. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of like having one of those things that hangs around your neck that you can press the button. Uh, I can actually press the side button on my watch and it'll send an SOS, it's an emergency alert. And in my phone, I've programmed who my emergency contacts are. And so it would automatically contact um, them and uh, it, it just, to me, is another feature. It also has a fall detection feature um, that if you were to take what they call a hard fall, that then you don't, and you, for whatever reason, you don't get up for 30 seconds, it will start beeping and tapping and alerting me and ask me, am I okay? Did I fall? And if I say yes, or if I press the button that alerts, uh, again, it will send an emergency signal to uh, 911 and to my emergency contacts in my phone. And I thought it was interesting. Uh, I took a screenshot of it uh, yesterday because I was a little irritated because the Apple disclosure was a little ageist for me. It said, sometimes as people get older, they have a, a, a increased fall risk. And I thought, you know what, bite me. There's a lot of people who have fall risks that are not older. We have I a, fell outside Marshall's the other day. <laughs> yeah, Julie said at 30, she was out running and she fell and hit her head on a rock. I mean, there's all kinds of things that can happen at any age. So it's not about that. It's about having a way to alert. And there are some people who are absolutely opposed to wearing one of those things around their neck. And if they are, this might be a good solution for them. So if you know someone, um, these are a little costly. Obviously, Apple Watches are, but you might check on other wristband devices that are like watches that may have something similar. Yes, and you can also invest in a higher one that actually will actually tell if you um, are going to have a heart attack. I think there, it even measures your pulse and your rate and can actually watch if you have heart troubles. It's a good right. thing to have on to give you kind of a warning. So I love that part, too. We have several residents who are wearing yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Chris has been wearing his, uh, it also tracks his snoring. Oh. <laughs> so I'm just saying. All right, so let's talk about the uh, Google, <laughs> Google Maps and uh, Google Maps and Waze, uh, those two functions. I'm sure most of you in the room use this because you've all said, you know, you use these devices, but I'm going to mention it for those folks listening in. The Google Maps and the Waze, how many of you are familiar with Waze, W-A-Z-E, Waze, okay, not everybody. Waze is another mapping feature, but you can download the app on your device, 
And it basically is a little better than Google Maps in terms of navigating you around things like heavy traffic, accidents, things like that. It will actually tell you if there are police uh, officers uh, along the road because people are, are actually interacting with Waze and reporting those things on their devices as they come across them. So it's real-time information being passed through your phone. So if we're traveling somewhere and we want to make sure that we're being efficient with our time, we'll use Waze. And it may say, you know, it's, instead of going to Lake Tenkiller via I-40 like we normally do, it may take us through Tulsa. And well, that's because there's been a wreck on I-40 or there's construction and traffic may be backed up. Well, we wouldn't have known that until when? So we got right up behind the traffic and there was nowhere to go. So we might end up saving ourselves 30 minutes of sitting in traffic on I-40 by doing that. So just know that that's an option. And um, uh, video calling, we talked about Zoom, audiobooks. How many of you use audible.com? Audible. Oh my gosh, it is my, I love Audible. It's, uh, you can download audiobooks. There's a subscription. You get so many credits per month. And I know what audiobooks are, but there's just something for me. I just like to hold the book. Oh, I do too. <laughs> Believe me, I do both. But we have a lot of people at the community who use the audible books. Um, I have They're exercising. You can listen to them on your headphones. Well, when we're in, the, you see them in the fitness center with it on the on the treadmill. They'll have their iPads up there, and they'll be, you know, listening to a book or or scrolling. I mean, you'll see them flip their fingers through. They're reading a book as they're on there, and then they don't have to worry about the pages. And also, they have a lot of times the screens will light up so that you can see it better than you would a book. So you can control the font size. Uh, but you're talking about online reading. I'm talking about listening. Oh, yes, they have. Oh, sorry. I'm no. sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I'm sorry. Two different types. No, yes, you're right. There's both. There's the book that you can read on the tablet. Yep. And then Audible for me is a narrated book. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Sorry. No worries. Can you listen to it in your car? Absolutely. If you Bluetooth it, yes. Radio, radio. Absolutely. Depends on, your, depends on your vehicle. Yeah, Chris? You can also, with Audible and WhisperSync, you can actually have the book in front of you, having it read to you, highlighting the words. WhisperSync. If you're, if you're visual and auditory, yeah. it's an awesome way to So if you're visual and auditory, you want to read the book while you're listening to the book, uh, WhisperSync. Is that an app? It's part of Audible. It's part of Audible. So if you subscribe to Audible, it's an additional function on Audible. And so to your, to your uh, question about in your vehicle, if you have Bluetooth capability in your vehicle to listen to things on your phone, then Audible would actually come up as well. Yeah. Matter of fact, when I get in my car, usually the first thing I hear is Deepak Chopra's voice because for whatever reason, he seems to come up on my Audible. It drives me crazy or my, or my iTunes. Yeah. Hold that thought. We're going to get through these real quick, then we're going to do questions. All right, so uh, audiobooks, we talked about that. Token transit. I wanted to mention this. Token transit. How many of you have ridden the streetcar downtown? Okay, that's something you can do. I don't know if you want to do it now during the pandemic or if they're even running, but the streetcars, which are just, you know, they, they run down there like little trolleys, um, and you can park kind of to the north end of downtown. There's a couple of really great trolley stops that are easy to find parking, but on your smartphone, you just download, or your iPad, whatever, you download the token transit app, and you can buy your, your little token for the day, 
and that's it. That's all you have to do. It's an honor system. You buy the token, you get on. So you can do that in any city that hope that has that kind of thing, not just Oklahoma City. And then we use Call Protect or True Caller, and I think it depends on your phone service uh, who you're going to end up using. But this is to block spam callers. It blocks robocalls. And so what'll happen is I'll see an alert on my phone that'll pop up and say, call blocked robocaller. And I'm like, okay, great. So I know I don't have to answer it. It's particularly nice um, because of all of the, you know, I don't know how many different car warranties I have uh, needed to renew, <laughs> but uh, that seems to be the most common one we hear right now. Or co college loans that you never went to college yeah, for. Yeah. Right. yeah, well, those are probably my calls. Just send them to me. Okay, so podcasts. I want to talk about that just briefly. Um, there are podcasts, and podcasts are really kind of like um, talk radio. They're short segments, and you can upload a lot of things to podcasts. So what we've been doing for the last while is Chris will take the audio version of this conversation that we're having today, and he will upload it to our podcast, and it's the Senior Living Tree Series podcast, and you can listen to it with you know, with your device, just like you would um, a book. And the way that you find that is you go and you download a podcast app. And we use Apple Podcasts because we have uh, Apple phones. Whatever you want to use is fine, but pod, you can also find them on the computer. So you don't have to use them on your phone. You can use them on the computer, but it's just the audio version. And here's what the, that's what it looks like. Um, the little cover screen of the podcast for what we're doing looks like. There's tons of them, you guys. Some Spanish of them Cove are... is getting ready to start theirs. Are you? Yeah, yeah. We're, getting ready. we're actually going to be interviewing our residents and gathering history and information and celebrating our residents and put them into a podcast. That's our next goal yeah, is to have a podcast. And that's the most common thing you see on podcasts is interviews. And it, it might be an author that you like. It could be some of them are fiction. Some of them are nonfiction. There's just all kinds of, it's just, for me, again, it's either entertainment or education. Either one, podcasts are so great are during the, the pandemic. Okay, so, and let's see here. Um, the ring doorbell. I wanted to talk about that, and one other thing, and then we're going to take questions. The ring doorbell. Um, I like, um, I was going to talk, you were talking about the headphones. We have a lot of residents, like if I show up to their place, they'll take headphones off or they'll have speakers on the back of their chair because it's been Bluetoothed. So they can actually put the um, headphones on and hear what's on the TV and then it's not blaring really loud out into the other, you know, apartments or what have you. And then um, I had- Well, you know, my father-in-law has his piped into his, uh, ear, his uh, hearing aids now. Yes, you can, so you can you have connect them to your hearing aids with Bluetooth. And then another thing that some of our residents are doing are they're getting the connection cables. Like if you have just a laptop or a computer or an iPad, now they're getting um, the connection cables to hook from that device to their large smart TV. Um, we have residents who um, went out, they call me, how can I get this on? Because we watched Sight and Sound Theater had actually a live performance of their Esther. And so we streamed that through you through Zoom. We paid for it and then put it on Zoom, got permission. And they wanted to watch it on their big TV. I had several get new cords and now I hear, hey, I'm watching, you might not see me, but I'm watching you on the big TV. So it's so fun when they learn something yeah. new and realize, oh, you could it's right on my TV. It doesn't even feel like I 
don't have the device, you know, it's not small or I'm trying to see So something. it's basically, instead of having a computer monitor, you, you're it's using your TV, TV as monitor. the computer monitor. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. I like it. Okay. Um, so the ring doorbell is something that it, you might have seen this lately when you're looking around you know, these people that are uh, what they call porch pirates, you know, where they're stealing packages off the porches and things like that. The ring doorbell has gotten really popular as a result of that, uh, among other things, I'm sure. But the ring doorbell basically can be installed just like a regular doorbell. It is a regular doorbell, but there are different versions of it, as I understand, but there's a video camera on it. And that video has an app that will go to your smart device, iPad, iPhone, whatever. Now Chris knows when the UPS driver walks up to our porch to put a package on it, it alerts him and Chris can look at his phone and see who's walking up to our porch. He can actually talk to the guy through the ring doorbell. Now you really want to scare the poo out of somebody, right? You just say, hey, how are you? You know, but for people that have, and I'm just going to say this, if you have a friend or a loved one or someone you know who has a family member who is prone to wander, that could be a good thing because it can alert them if they have made their way out of, of the house. It will, you know, they'll notice because of the safety issue. So just be aware that, that it could be used for lots of reasons. Um, small children, people with small children could, could use those, but um, that's also something. And then the grand pad. I want to talk about I missed the Apple Watch, but we already talked about that. Then. Yeah. Let's talk about the Grand Pad. Do you have a Do you have a Do you have an opinion about the Grand Pad? You know, I've seen it, but I feel like I think sometimes I think the security aspects of Grand Pad because they're making it more senior friendly, but I think the functions and the outweighs so much more that you can get. I mean, even medically on an iPhone. I don't so, know. I've just never okay. really used them. I'm sorry. Here, no, that's fine. I'm glad to hear your thoughts on it because here was my thought. There is a reason for everything. Now, the group of people we're talking to right now, the grand pad is probably not for you, right? You guys are able and perfectly capable of using an iPad or any other device, right? The grand pad, and they, what bothers me is the way they market things, right? So they market things to someone who looks 50, and it's really meant for someone who has never used technology, who is a little fearful of technology, or who may have a little bit of cognitive decline memory. or memory issues. Yes. And they may be, if you gave them an iPad, they could probably use it, but the fear would be that they would get scammed or something would happen. They would click a button that could cause them problems, right? Exactly. So the grand pad is really kind of a, a simplified iPad with uh, definitely has functionality with bigger buttons, things like that for people with eyesight or mobility, dexterity issues. Um, and maybe for somebody uh, in a generation of people who never used a computer, right? Like they're struggling to say, oh, I even want to try that, right? The grand pad, I watched their little uh, documentary or video, introductory video of it, and the young man, first of all, I wish they wouldn't have used this 12-year-old to do the video. It could have been nice to use somebody more mature, but hey. But he basically talks about how he, you know, you set it up. So if you're purchasing it for someone, you set it up, and then it's delivered to whomever's going to use it already set up. So as if I were giving it to someone to use, I would actually have an app and I could help them use that, that iPad basically from a distance. I used to be actually director of our memory care. Yeah. And so when we were in there, the connection, if I was in the pandemic and in that community now, 
I would more than likely switch to some of these grand pads because when you, because like you said, it's more simplified, there's less technology in it, but yet it will still give them a connection because when you get older and you have those memory issues inside of the community, too much is just too much. That's why smaller spaces. Yeah, it can be way, way overwhelming. So I do want to shoot that as a positive for the grand pad. Okay, um, let's do Q&A, yeah? Let's do Q&A. Yes. Are you ready? We're yes. gonna keep you up here. You stay up here for this. Sure. Now, who has a question? And by the way, if you in the audience know the answer, let me know, we'll bring you a mic. Yeah, Eddie? So do you know, Kathleen, if they charge $199 for the Geek Squad, do they charge when you come out or does that Not when you come out? Um, you can get a full pamphlet on if you go to bestbuy.com slash, um, uh, can't get that. We have that on there. Um, I never get charged for anything when I take my computer out to them. They don't charge me because I bought that membership. But what also comes with the membership, like say you have an iPhone and you want to put a new screen protector on, uh, usually the stores won't do that for you. Like they'll do stuff like that as well. Like they'll put the, and it doesn't cost you at that point because you bought the membership. Okay, they so have a whole pamphlet on it. Go ahead. Did you have a different experience? They come to my house, I get a hundred dollar discount. Yeah. But I have to pay whatever they charge me. I get the hundred dollar discount because I have the hundred ninety. Okay, so I'm just there's a lot of things that need to you need yeah. to go to your like your Best Buy and they will give you all the information and give you complete details on what's covered and what's not. And you you guys may have a corporate account which may give you more benefits than the average user. You have your own personal account? No, I mean it has it's the same features okay. as what we get as our home that okay. Spanish Code gets as well. So um, Eddie, check that out. Report back to us. Yeah, you can pick up. A, I I was gonna pick up some pamphlets, but I've not been able to get out there. But they have they'll have a booklet that they'll give you that will give you all the details and tell you every service that's available underneath one hundred ninety nine dollars. Awesome. Good question, Eddie. What else? Yes, ma'am. You mentioned something about being able to block robocalls. Yes, ma'am. The Apple Watch that that's a feature. Yeah, it's actually on an, an any device. So, Chris, do you want to field that one? Come here. Since you do that frequently for me. He's, this is my tech support guy. 1-800-CHRIS-BUCKALOO. <laughs> so, AT&T actually has, a, I believe it's called True Caller, and it's an app that you install on your iPhone. Uh, it's an AT&T product, but I don't, I don't think it's specific to AT&T phones. So, I think you can install it because there is a service fee on that because they do continually update that list. So that list, literally, you'll, you'll see on your phone, it'll say updated, or it'll update automatically if you check the box, and it updates daily. True caller. True caller, yeah. And then there's also, I believe, another app called RoboCaller, and that's the that's the two that I, I actually, both of them installed on my phone. It's crazy how many calls we get that are just not relevant. And then she's got call protect also on there. So. Yes. Would that, if you put that app on your phone, would that also go to your landline if you have a landline? No, it does. It's just on your cell phone. It's only on your cell phone. Now, also on an iPhone, there is a, a feature on your phone setting that you can literally turn on that if they're not in your contacts, it just sends them to voicemail. 
So if you not, you know, but if you're getting something delivered and someone's calling you, that's problematic. But there is that feature too. You might have just noticed my phone just rang and I have it on do not disturb. The reason it rang is because it's my son and I have him in a list of emergency people that can, even if I have it on do not disturb, those callers come through. So I have it on do not, so Chris called me, if my daughter called, if my son called, if my dad called, there's only a handful of people that if they call, it will come through anyway, just so you know. And that's under your settings on your phone. I've got a complete side note to everything here, is that I'd like to say something mainly to the people that are watching, but it's important to everybody. If you don't charge your device completely, things can die in the middle of an event. So I'm sorry. <laughs> was that your camera that died? Uh, no, that was my laptop. Oh, okay. It was not charging fast enough for what was going on. So there. Tech 101, plug it in. Charge your devices. <laughs> oh, love it. All right, good. Uh, and by the way, not just questions, but what have you found technology-wise that's been useful for you that you like using that might benefit the rest of us? Everybody needs a Chris, I'm going to tell you, so. And yeah, if you don't want to work with a Kathleen or have a Kathleen in your community, then yeah. Uh, I think, so I'm going to point this out too. What you just said is very true, and I don't want to just blow that off because I think it's important. We, you know, we are always trying to figure out in this, as in the Senior Living Truth series, how to bring things to you all that may be otherwise hard to find, right? I know talking to Marilyn at Villages, that's one of the things that that group over there as a, as a group, a member of the Villages, people are sharing things with one another that they don't have anybody else to ask. So they might come to a, a meeting or call someone and say, How does, what do you think about this email? Does this look legit or is this a scam? Or they might come and say, hey, I've never used Zoom, and they'll sit down with each other and do it because that's what communities do. It's kind of like small town, right? And what's happening is as our families are moving further away, we don't have those Sunday afternoon, you know, lunches or brunches where people get together and help each other out. You have to find a community of people. You know, I think that uh, it's one of the reasons that uh, Matt actually just did an interview for a conference we're doing next week with a resident that just moved to Bradford Village. And, you know, she said, the reason I did this during a pandemic is to be around other people for when I need them. And she just wanted to be around people. So whether it's in a community setting or whether it is in a social group setting, or whatever the case may be, surround yourself with people who are not fearful to try these things and who you can bounce stuff off of. I think it's uber important um, for all of us. If I didn't have Chris, I would be a part of the Oklahoma City Computer Club because I need tech support and I need it on demand. So I would have to find a way to find people on demand that I didn't have to pay a fortune for, right? And so you hang out with smart people. I was going to say, I'm going to go kind of go back to our residents when the pandemic started. We had a Sunday morning service that one of our residents led in our pavilion every Sunday with no fail. Well, we wanted to make sure that we got the word still out to people, even though they couldn't get there. So one thing we did was we 
we vamped up our YouTube channel and I actually wanted him to be live. And so a lot of people don't have Zoom. He actually, we went in and put a streaming device in his laptop and he went live every Sunday for the entire pandemic. And he, he stopped because he's getting older. Like he's like 95 now. How is RT 95? And yeah, he wanted to go back to church. But if a 95-year-old man can learn to stream lab and do live YouTube videos, that just shows you that anybody can run a technology. It just takes the right equipment and getting the help from Best Buy or people you're around, you know, like you're saying. Sparky, that's right. Sparky. They call me Sparky. Yeah. <laughs> Kathleen also drives the golf cart at Spanish Cove and picks people up valet parking and uh, drives one of the vans and I don't know what else you do out there. Well, everything. the tour guide. The tour guide. We yeah. go out on our motor coach right. and do trip. Yeah. We did seven yeah. days. Yeah. That was so fun to yeah. see the arc. Yeah. So we used a lot of technology at that point too. When we were on the motor coach, we had, um, we had, devices where we could plug in for our um, iPads. And the trip was so long and our community is very fit that myself and the uh, wellness assistant made videos, exercise videos. And so we were able to put them up in the TVs, in the motor coach, and they were sitting position exercise classes. And we did exercise classes to keep everybody healthy sitting in the motor coach for that long of a time. Right, so your legs don't get so tired. Well, you have to be yeah. careful with clogs right. and moving your legs. So it's beneficial in almost any way that you look at it. And I loved what you said about the brain. It, it, you don't look at it as fearful. Look at it as a chance to learn and to keep your brain moving. Because not only are these apps in here about um, the safety of your phone or Zoom or whatever, there are also apps that keep your mind alert with games and other things like that. It's really important. Uh, speaking of apps, I forgot to talk about this one. This one was one that I struggled with a little bit myself. And has anybody been to a restaurant lately that does not give you a menu? Yeah. Were you able to figure it out? Okay, so she had, see, that's why I said hang around with smart people. She had friends that helped her out with this. Okay, so you go to a restaurant and they hand you this thing and they say scan the QR code for your menu and you look at the menu on your iPhone. Now, if you're like me and you forgot your glasses, you're in trouble because I can look at my iPhone and pull the menu up now, but I may not be able to see it, which is problematic. Um, but let's assume I do have my glasses on. They give you the QR code. Everybody knows what a QR code is. Well, I thought because there is an app that scans QR codes that that's what you had to use. So I'm looking for my QR code scanner. And as it turns out, all you have to do is use your camera. So you use your camera on your smartphone. You put it the, the lens over the QR code. It scans the QR code, but here was the kicker. I'm sitting there, I'm holding it, and I'm holding it, nothing's happening. Caleb, my son, of course, reaches over and goes, boop. I'm like, what was that? He said, oh, yeah, you have to hit the thing. Well, there was a little notification that popped up that said accept or something. And I had to hit that in order for it to scan. Well, I'm just sitting there waiting. I've been there 30 minutes waiting on the darn thing to scan. He hit boop. And now I know that I have to do that. So it's just getting the help. It's getting the help. Not being so, afraid to take the advice. Yeah, I'd had to wait and ask the waitress, you know, how to do it. 
But it's interesting, I saw a couple uh, not long ago, went to a restaurant and sat down and they did that. They gave us the little thing with the QR code. I saw a couple sit down a couple of tables over from us. The waitress went over and gave them their QR code. There was a little bit of a conversation between the two of them and they got up and left. Why? They either didn't know how, didn't have the device. Or didn't ask. Or didn't want to do it didn't and were frustrated, ask. didn't want to ask. So I thought, okay, so automatically they lost business because of that. And second of all, you know, it, you got some of these wait staff and some of these people don't really take the time to say, hey, can I help you learn to do that, right? They just kind of expect you to do it. So I just thought it was unfortunate on both counts. I thought, you know. Yeah. You have to remember to ask. Yeah. Because sometimes the younger generation, they don't want to just tell you, like they can't read your mind and know that you need that help. It's the point of stepping outside your comfort zone and saying, hey, can you show me that? And that's what a lot of our residents have done. They, they'll call me up and they say, how do I get out of that? It's not that they just leave it and they get frustrated and put it aside and say, I'm not messing with this anymore. They actually come to me and they say, how can I fix this? Like yesterday, a man was there um, from our spirit club and he's actually doing Zoom and he wanted to learn for his Bible study. He had saw somebody had the speaker on one side and just the Brady Bunch people on the other so he could see them all. But he wanted one screen just for his picture. And I didn't know how to do that. So what did I do? I went to Google. Google, not YouTube. I went to Google and I typed in, how do you get Zoom participants on one screen with another screen when you have dual monitors? Popped up and told me exactly what to do. We found the link. We clicked the button. Done. He was at home now being able to do that. So it's the matter of stepping outside your comfort zone and just asking the questions and letting somebody show you where to go or if they can't, like I don't know all the information about the 199 membership, I send you to the right people who will help you, Apple support or what have you. Agree 100%, ask, ask, ask for help. Um, and by the way, this is not an age thing. I also, I, there was a part of me when I named this seminar uh, the truth about technology for seniors. I didn't want to put the for seniors on the end because the reality is this isn't an age thing. This is a whether or not you're accustomed to it or not because there are plenty of people that are in their 40s and 50s that are not tech savvy and there are plenty of people who are in their 80s and 90s and above who are. So the reality of it is whatever your level of functioning and knowledge is about technology is just where you are. It's fine. Start there and ask questions. Um, okay, so a couple of things I want to talk about. Can we all give Kathleen a huge round of applause? I, I told you she was a guru, and she's going to be over here uh, standing at that first table. When you guys are finished, uh, if you have specifics you want to talk to her about, I, I think she's really, she's just so resourceful and pleasant to be around, isn't she? Yep. Um, so I want to mention something, and I, I don't, this wasn't meant to be a commercial for Spanish Cove, by the way. I want to be really clear that Kathleen is uh, works at Spanish Cove, so that's her frame of reference. Uh, I know Bradford Village does a lot of different things. I know that the other communities represented here do a lot of different things. I'm going to add, you know, when we did the tours for senior living communities, right? Remember when we were doing the bus tours and we've done those classes? I'm going to add a few questions after COVID uh, to the list of questions to ask senior communities. And one of them is going to be, do you have on-site tech support? Because is that important? Yes. I'm also going to ask uh, on that questionnaire, 
what are your uh, protocols during a pandemic? We're going to ask that question. So we've learned some things, haven't we, over the last eight or ten months, and we're going to be adding some questions for the bus tours that will eventually come. We don't know yet when, but they will eventually come back. Um, the other thing I've learned in this 10 months or so is that there is so much value in community, right? Whether it's your family community, your church community, your residential community, your social groups, there's so much value in that. And uh, the gift is a program that is being offered by the community over at Villages OKC. Chris serves on the board for that. Many of our sponsors serve as part of the membership of Villages and how many of you in the room are members? Just out of curiosity, raise your hand. No? Only a couple? Okay. So let me just explain. Oh, John, thank you. I, I want to tell you what the gift is because it is an educational program. Uh, there is a fee for it. And I'll tell you how that works. The, the dates that are up here are the ones that I'm doing. I'm going to facilitate this particular one, and I'm going to do it on Zoom. And I'm going to do it on Saturdays. I believe it's at 10 a.m. on Saturdays. Yeah, 10 a.m. And there's one week that we skip, which is the week of uh, Thanksgiving, I believe. And so the reason I'm doing it is because I value so much what the gift does. And it basically, if you've not heard Marilyn speak on this, it's you get a binder. And the binder is basically empty when you start with some instructions. And what we want you to do throughout the four weeks together is we ask you to fill the binder with things that would help you or someone else, depending on if you're doing it for you or someone else. And we recommend if you haven't done it for yourself, you do that. That if you had an event in your life that required someone else to care for you, right, or take care of your affairs, you can literally, they can pick up that manual and it's like your owner's manual for your car, or in today's conversation, your computer, right? It's YouTube for you. <laughs> there we go. Kathleen, I found your next product. YouTube for you. So it's, it's, the gift is compiling or gathering information for transition. And, and it really is, Marilyn did this from experience. And then I said to her, I said, you got it. We've all got to do this. We've got to do this. So think about what we just talked about today, computer. You're going to have, how many of you have a password on your phone? You have a password on your computer. You have a password for your bank accounts. You have a password for about everything nowadays, right? Who would know what those were if they needed to help you? Now, Chris and I have a thing that we, it's called 1Password, and 1Password is a, a password protection thing. We, we log into it with 1Password, and it stores all of our passwords. But guess what? We change passwords, and if it doesn't get saved, then what happens? So there's things that you've got to have that you can pass off to people that would be a part of your gift process. It includes financial, it includes your house stuff, it includes your legal stuff, it includes your durable power of attorney. So this isn't just the stuff in a trust. This would also include what do you want to happen if something happened and you passed away? What would happen if your dog or cat needed to be cared for, et cetera, et cetera. So we're talking from big level, high level stuff, all the way down to the minutia of what does your daily routine look like? If you were in the hospital, here's my thing, guys, and I'm gonna, this is probably too much information for whomever earlier you shouted me out. Here's the deal. If I'm in the hospital for an extended period of time, somebody better be plucking those hairs off of my chin. 
because if I get out of the hospital and find out that I have little hairs going out of my chin, I'm going to be upset. Now, who would know that if I didn't put that somewhere in writing for them? Who would know that? Nobody, right? So what is it about your life? You, I would, Chris loves music. If you played music all day for me, if I was in the hospital, I would be beside myself. They would have to give me Xanax. I don't want music. I would rather have an audio book. I'd rather have some Deepak Chopra. You know what I mean? So what about your life, if you had to turn it over to somebody else, needs to be documented. That's what the gift is about. Marilyn, is that fair? Yeah? So I tell you this because I'm doing the one starting in November. There's several others. Spanish Cove's doing one. Synergy's doing one. Um, there's like four or five of them that are already scheduled that start somewhere between October and December, and then they're doing them all through next year. When you pay the $199, you get a one-year membership with the Villages OKC. So you get to do the workshop, and then you get to try out the Villages OKC community for a year. And if you like it, stay with them and renew. If you don't, that's fine too. But it's a way to build a community because once you've gone through the gift with 12 other people, you're gonna realize how much it's nice to have people who speak the same language and are dealing with the same issues you are. Okay, so anyway, that's my pitch. I don't ever do commercials, you know that, but this, I really believe that this aligns with who we are as sponsors, with who we are as people in planning. We're all about planning and education, right? So fair enough? You can register through Marilyn or you can pick up one of her flyers back there and call later to register if you would like. I'm not taking registrations personally, they're taking them through the gift. Okay, I mean through the villages rather. Now next month, really quickly before, we, I know we're running late, so next month we're doing the Truth About Senior Living Healthcare Options. I will have a panel. We're gonna talk about assisted living, memory care, long-term care, in-home care, that kind of thing, okay? And we're gonna talk about what they are and what they aren't, what they do and what they don't do, how to finance them, that kind of thing. We're also gonna talk about some of the challenges due to COVID, so we're going to have some conversation about that. And I think it, it's necessary. Wouldn't you agree right now that we all understand what, what this is or isn't as it relates to our real life? So that's for November. So you want to register through Naomi or online for that. And that's all I've got for you. Did, it, did anybody learn something new today? Yeah? Good. If you didn't learn something new, I hope you at least feel renewed and energized to be outside in some fresh air and a nice space and some good people around you. Fill out your evaluation, please, um, before you leave today. You can give that to Jim, who is out there uh, somewhere. Or, oh, sorry, Shannon's taking. Jim left me. That's right. Shannon and Lori over there taking those. Is there anything I may have forgotten in the way of housekeeping? Thanks again, guys. Blessed to be here. Thank you, Kathleen. See you guys.